Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the art studio. I am your host, Dan Burke. I hope all of you are having a great day in your art studio, and I hope the art is coming out well. So I noticed on my last video, number eight chat, there was a huge lag in between the audio and the video. Especially as the video went on and on, it just got worse and worse and worse. And the lag was pretty outrageous. So I don't know if that's a product of the iPad or, you know, if, you know, I, I don't know what the problem is. I'm going to do some experiments with some videos, but that really changes things if that doesn't work. Because uh, I was really wanting and hoping that that would work. <laughs> I know you're thinking, huh, yeah, I really was hoping it would work. Because if I record, you know, video and the audio and don't line up, it's not going to be much fun to watch or listen to. I think we can definitely say that for sure. Well, everybody that I reached out to reached out back to me. I think I was talking last time how I had reached out to a bunch of creators for possible collaborations, and they did reach out to me, which was very nicer than I thought. Now, I don't think we're going to do any collaborations together. And here's the thing that surprised me, and I'm going to have to fix. They went over and looked uh, at my website, and they wrote me back, and they said, well... If I ever need any comic book art, uh, I'll contact you. And I was like, okay, uh, you know, and so basically, or superhero art or something, the way they put it. So basically, they looked at my website, they looked at my work and said, all this guy draws is superheroes. That's it. He draws superheroes. I don't, do, don't draw portraits. I don't do architecture work. I don't do exploding views of engines. I do superheroes. You know, superheroes is just something I fell into to draw and make money with. It is by far not the only thing I draw, want to draw, or am interested in. So that kind of sucked that they saw it that way, but it was actually a very valuable lesson. I see now that my website is a failure in explaining, showing, and offering to people, you know, what I do and the variety of the things I do. If they only think I do one little thing, then I'm not going to get very far, you know, unless the one little thing is all I want to do. So that's problematic. I need to fix that and I need to address it. So anyway, I thought I'd bring that up because I talk and harp so much about your website being workable. Can people make a buying decision from you? Blah, 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 blah. And here I come along with has got to be you know, a huge failure of a website in some respects because people only take away one little thing. Imagine if you were a writer and you wrote a science fiction book and then people from that point on said, well, all you can really write is science fiction, which doesn't even make sense, you know, or perhaps you wrote an article 
and you were actually a science fiction writer and people were like, well, you're really just a science fiction writer. You can't really write articles, stuff like that, or vice versa. I think you get what I'm saying. It's, it's kind of frustrating that people think there's only one thing you can do. I don't think that is realistic or reality. I don't think there's, you know, most artists can draw anything you ask them to draw and would be willing to do so if you paid them. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think there's uh, something in there. You know, I've been running all the math on the game thing. And you're thinking, well, that's a good thing because that's what you're doing. And this conclusion I keep coming to again and again is there really just is no deal there. And that just stinks. You know, last night I was sitting about talking about, you know, what my options are. And, you know, I suppose I could, you know, plunk down some money, go and, uh, you know, print 1,500 games and bring them here to the United States and stick them in a storage unit or in my house somewhere and then attempt to sell them. I just don't think that's a very good idea for me. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll make five or six bucks a unit, maybe. But after all the work and all that is said and done and the shipping and the storage and driving to the store to buy envelopes and then tape it all shut and then, you know, send that to the next person and so on. It's it's just too much. I, I could never see how that would ever, ever work for me as far as making money and so forth. So it really sucks. I have the creative juice to do it, but it's just like an absolute dead end. This is uh, a lot of like the conclusion I came to with my book publishing, where it's great to make book after book after book after book, but if they're not really going to do anything or make money or, you know, affect change in my life in some positive way, it sort of is a waste of time. Now, it's not a waste of time because I become a better artist. I enjoy the process. It's a good thing to draw and have fun. Uh, all that good stuff. But for me, I would like to sell some art and there has to be a way to do that, whatever that sort of means. Now, maybe it ends up, folks, I don't sell art. You know, I've, I've thought about that too. Some people, for whatever reason, personality, whatever, it's just not going to, they're not going to be big successful artists in this lifetime. And I'm willing to accept that uh, now. I'm going to try like hell not to have it so. I'm going to, you know, sell and market and do my thing and try real hard. But I've also, you know, accepted to a point that you, in reality, you can only control what you can control and, you know, do your end of it. So I'll do my end of it. But I need to go back and revamp again and fix my website. I thought I had a good version of my website. I thought it was illustrative and you know really show different examples and all this other stuff but nope not happening so that has really got what a wake-up call that was that was worth it right there so very interesting got a couple client jobs came in thank heavens so I am knocking those out 
you know, when I get a client job in the door, I don't fool around. You know, if you're going to hire one artist in the whole world, it would be me. Because <laughs> I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm not going to, I don't have, you know, I have emotional problems, but don't apply to my work. <laughs> you call me up, I need it, it's done. You know, it's like a parent. It doesn't matter if I'm sick or I don't feel good. I'm going to take care of you if you were my child. Uh, I'm not going to go, well, I don't feel good today. Sorry. No, there's no time off for, for parenting. And there really is no time off, uh, you know, in my production world. No, I realize this is not the way everybody is. Not everyone is me and act like me. But I have to say, this sort of thing is universal. If you listen to NPR this week, go over to NPR and listen to the interview with the world's greatest opera star. She quit opera. She's insecure. She, you know, all these problems, all these things, has to have coaching. You know, most of her game is mental, insecurities, so on and so forth. So each person, especially creative people and so on, have this thing where, you know, they vacillate between insecurity and you know, wanting to do it and, you know, quitting it and what will happen. And so the thing is, we're not special that way. That's the good news. Whether you're a plumber or an opera singer or an artist, you're going to have trouble emotionally getting stuff done at certain times. It's just not going to happen for you. And that's good to know that we all universally as people have this issue. How you handle it, how you come to it, that's the thing. You know, do you walk through your life bitter and pissed off and angry about every single thing that happens to you? Or do you have a different attitude? I'll say one thing. There's nothing worse than being around someone who's bitter and pissed off. I mean, it's fun for a little while. It's kind of like hanging out with Sam Kennison. You know, he's angry, he's pissed. It's kind of funny to listen to him complain. You know, he comes from a place of darkness. But after about day five, when he's bitching about his family and his clients and his people and all this other crap, it becomes a real downer to be around that person because it's just an endless thing. You know, you can concentrate on the negative in life. You can talk about negative stuff. You can say, well, I feel and I hate this and I do that. I don't know if that serves the greater picture. I don't know if that makes people feel good. I don't know if it helps even. I have to say, I've been just so fortunate and lucky to create art and I feel like it's such a good thing for me in my life. And that's why I want to share that sort of joy of creating with other people. Now, inside that, is there problems and financial? Of course there is. There's no smooth ride, whether you're an opera singer or a plumber. But you could choose to endlessly bitch about your clients and your life and everything else. Or you can just not and, and make yourself a happy life. Of course, I can't choose that for you. Some people just love to live in the unhappy, pissed off, bitter life, inescapable for them. You can't escape them from their life. You come along and they're bitter and pissed off and they remain bitter and pissed off and you're not going to help them. But it's too bad because it's no way to live. And I'm not criticizing them only to the point that they are trapped and I pray for them, hope they can get out of it. You know, I went through periods in my life where I was, you know, bitter and pissed off. We've talked about that, and I've come out of it. It it takes time. You really have to cross some bridges, I suppose, and fi find out what's valuable. And I suppose for me, the things that have really taught me is loss. You know, I've had so much loss in my life that I've been able to determine what's really important and what's not really important. 
And that really is a big difference. You know, if you're really super worried about stuff that really isn't super important, it's kind of silly, actually. You know, your health is the most important thing you have. That's the thing you got to protect. Because if you don't have that, then you can't help anyone else, including yourself. You can't affect any kind of change. Uh, so, you know, don't be like Dan and ignore your health and allow yourself to get sick and run down and everything else. You've, you've got to take care of yourself as a person. It's so important. I regret allowing my body to run down to the point that it did. And, uh, you know, I felt guilty because I felt like I was letting down my family by not taking care of myself because, you know, they depend on me. And if I go under, they go under. And, uh, that's just not really a reasonable thing for me to accept, to be honest. So really trying hard to take care of my health, eat regularly, rest better, and uh, do better stuff. Uh, not that I'm, you know, abusing myself every five seconds, but I definitely think you can take care of yourself better, and I need to go to the doctors more often and, you know, monitor my health and not let myself ever get sick again like I did. Now, it wasn't my fault. Didn't have health insurance. I couldn't afford it. It was problematic to get to the doctor, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands and testing plus, you know, procedures. So, you know, if I hadn't gotten the health care plan from, you know, the government, I'd probably be dead. And uh, it's just so weird that that came along and I had to fight for it for like seven months uh, to get it. It was not easy. And when it finally came in, it took almost a year to get the procedure done. I don't know, a year, eight months, seven months. So it wasn't overnight. It took a long time. And man, it was a long summer last summer being so sick and so much in pain. But, you know, I'm better now, and that's all that really matters is what happens after this down the road. So, uh, anyway, just thought I'd chat about that. So, there doesn't seem to be much deal in the games. That's, that's you know, I, I feel bad about that for myself. It's like my hands are tied. Uh, this week, I did an experiment. You know, there's this thing called 24-hour comic day. And these other challenges that people do. And I often do this for myself. See what I can do, what I'm capable of. You know, what, how much can you type today? What can get done? And, you know, so I did like a 24-hour make a game day to see how far I could uh, get with it. And there's a contest running. I sort of put it in my mind that, hey, I'll enter my game in the game contest. So it was sort of like a good carrot to put before myself, a little incentive that maybe there was some end game for this project after all. Uh, so anyway, I made myself a game in 24 hours. And the box art and the board and the whole thing. And this is probably like the 20th different game I've developed at this juncture. I have a lot of them. I even put up one of my first boards I made uh, over at my Patreon. And you can see one of the very first game boards I made. But I also posted a lot of this art from the 24-hour thing I just did. I think I called it uh, Iron Warlords or something. And it's like an attack game where uh, strategically move around the board and attack each other. And the goal was to use iconic pieces, horses, catapults, and other things that are available uh, to make this game so that there was little icons moving around the board. That was the point of that. So that's what I did. It was interesting to make a game in 24 hours. Uh, it was fun. 
and you know like everything else I do from animation to so on it probably doesn't lead to much it's good practice but I enjoyed it so what are you guys doing today in your art studios I wonder what's going on over in your worlds are you having fun are you doing stuff are you creating Thirty years ago, there was only three TV channels, and everybody would listen to them and watch them. And then everybody had the same frame of reference. It was impossible to find someone like who didn't know who like the Partridge family was or something. It's just impossible because that was part of our culture, and it was we had such limited choices that everybody knew who all in the family was or the Partridge family. There was no way to escape it. Now you could have a TV show run for years and you could literally miss it and not even know it existed. I'm constantly surprised listening to people because I take granted so much stuff like, you know, like I've seen Star Wars or I've seen this movie or I've experienced that. And then you come across somebody who doesn't even know what Star Wars is, who never experienced it, never saw that movie, don't know what that is. It's isn't that blow your mind when you meet someone who has such a different cultural experience and you're both living in the same country in the same world in the same time in history? <laughs> it's it's really wild. It happens every all the time. I'm like, you don't know who, you know, Harry Potter is? Like, no, who's Harry Potter? You know, it, it's like, whoa, like, where have you been? All of us as people have such amazingly different experiences and we think that you know, we all have the same sort of ideas. Well, the first time you ever learn this is when you, you know, have a blind roommate. Have you had someone who just moved in who was your roommate yet? They come from such a totally different world and background that you. And sometimes living with people, that's where you really learn how different people can be. You know, I've had roommates from different countries, different worlds, different backgrounds, different everything. And, you know, they eat different things. They live differently. They study differently. They, their personal hygiene is different. How they conduct their business affairs is different. How they talk on the phone. I mean, everything about their life is different than the way I would do it. And listen, it's not my job to conduct, you know, business for them or anything to advise them. But, you know, you notice it. My one roommate would cook a dinner like he would prepare like a chicken and then he would put that chicken in the oven and leave it but not turn the oven on and i would say like aren't you afraid of like you know getting disease or you know like the, the food could rot in there in the oven since it's not in the refrigerator or anything and so forth and he was like no it'll be fine and so he that's where he would stick it he wouldn't use the refrigerator the way you and i would to keep food cold and whatever you want to call it, non-spoiled, he would uh, leave it out and uh, then cook it later, much later, and eat it. And I kept waiting for this guy to drop dead from food poisoning. Uh, who knows where he is today? So from food handling on, you assume one thing, like, oh, well, I'm sure the kitchen restaurant that I'm eating at tonight is going to be fine. They're going to do it all perfect. When actually they're not. They're going to do it a whole different way than you think a person should do or couldn't do uh, in the kitchen. So 
there can be mind-boggling revelations in dealing with people because everybody comes from such different backgrounds and has such different ideas about what normal is, about what good is, bad is, what tastes good, what doesn't taste good. It's it's pretty wild. So you can't assume so so many things you can't assume even though we do as people. You know, we think as Americans we have a common you know, idea, thread, uh, history, whatever you want to call it. But boy, there couldn't be more difference. You know, there's some people who think, you know, women should have rights and some people who don't, you know, and that's right in the same street, in the same corner of America. So <clears throat> massive differences then in people, and cultural and attitudes. And, and that's just on our street and our, you know, in our house, in our church. The danger in this whole thing is making an assumption. You know, because I like uh, Limburger and onion sandwiches, you like Limburger and onion sandwiches. That's what you shouldn't do. You have to not make that mistake. Uh, and that's why contracts exist in business, because people have two different ideas about what fair is and about what equitable split is, and about who should do the work, and who shouldn't do the work, and who, you know all the different things. So you have to lay that out. And sometimes it comes down that you can't make a business deal with somebody because they want something that you don't want to give, or vice versa, and there's no deal there for the two of you. It's interesting. You can come to someone with something that you think is an incredibly good offer, like, Hey, I'm going to offer you this, that, and the other, and you know this is going to be a great thing. And then they look at it and go, "No, I don't think that's a great thing." You ever had tr somebody try to sell you something, but they tried to sell you in a way that didn't work for you, like they were addressing a concern that you didn't have, and therefore the sale made absolutely no sense. You know, it's like someone addressing to me, you know. Uh, you know, you need uh, this for your eight-car car garage. Well, he's assuming I have an eight-car garage. And then I have eight cars. And so on. And, and that assumption that that's what's important to me, what it's about, that's a big, big mistake. You know, people uh, usually don't buy things based on logic. And there's people who will try to logic you into it. You know, uh, well, this is the logical way. This is the best move, you know. And sometimes that works with people because it allows them to give themselves uh, ammunition. They don't have buyer's regret. They go, oh, yeah, that was a good move, and here's why. But almost everybody does everything emotionally. They buy emotionally. They do this emotionally. And even though they create all kinds of rational reasons for it, it really is all emotion and nothing else. It's very hard for human beings to understand that because they rally against it. They think they're so logical and so smart and so clever when actually we are closer to, you know, a cat who is just hungry and wants a pet than anything else I could imagine, you know. Not nearly as complicated as you'd think. I suppose that's what I'm trying to get to. Well, I got my client work to do, and I'm knocking that right out. That's... It's going to be gone from my life. <laughs> as soon as I can make it gone, it shall be gone.
was listening to an artist talk the other day, and this is your. And I'm gonna have to. I'm not gonna listen again. I I fell into this one by mistake, you know. But I'm trying. I'm trying all kinds of things to listen to. This was one of your angry artists who was upset and feels that life has tricked him into being an artist, and he's angry and upset about it. I don't feel that way. I feel it's great to be an artist. I feel it's a fantastic thing. I would so much rather be an artist than working over on aisle seven at Walmart, you know, putting out the bags of, you know, whatever it is they're selling that day, dog chow. Uh, you know, so much more than that. Nothing's ideal. There is no perfect situation. Uh, if there was, we'd all do it, I suppose. But, you know, I, I fell into this listening to him upset and... I I understand being upset, but I I always feel like I should write them a letter and go, listen, you've got your health, you've got a family that evidently that loves you, you've got all this stuff. What are you really upset about? Like, of course, that would just make me an incredibly intense mortal enemy for the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, you don't dare question anybody on the Internet about anything. Oh, my God forbid you should ask them a question. That would uh, it would upset them, and so I don't do any of that. But I listened to this guy, and I felt bad for him because, you know, everything's a negative, everything's a downer, Every, and you know, and he has that sardonic sense of humor with it, which is sort of fun to listen to. But it's like the Sam Kennison I think thing I brought up. It's fun the first day to hang around with somebody who's bitter and pissed off and everything. But on about day three, man, when they're bitching again about everything, their life, their 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 girlfriend, their thing, their whatever, it just becomes hard to deal with them. It no longer is funny, ha-ha. It's tedious. And living with somebody who's that negative and angry just sucks. Holy cow. Could you imagine every morning waking up to an angry, pissed-off person who hates their life, hates their job, hates their career, hates what they're doing, hates you, hates what they're doing? You know, it's just awful. So... You know, and of course, you can develop yourself into any kind of person you want. You can be the kind of person who's grateful and happy for their life, or you can be the one who's pissed off about your life. I don't know. Maybe you can't choose. I see patron Jim Luan, the animator, did a live seven-minute screening of his movie that he's making on. Uh, for those who don't know, I believe that Jim is involved in a feature film, animated feature film that he's making. And uh, that's, boy, that's an undertaking. Can you imagine one guy making an animated movie? Uh, nearly impossible. I don't know how anybody could do such a thing, but he is doing it. And uh, he screened seven minutes of it. I saw his post on Facebook. And congratulations to Jim. You know, Jim is such a highly productive person and uh, always in a good mood about it, never complaining. If there was ever a complaint, you know, every person, by the way, has legitimate reason to complain. There is not a person who couldn't legitimately bitch about something. But Jim Luan never chooses to. He chooses to focus on the positive and enjoy every minute of his life and not look at it as a trial, but look at it as a fun adventure to do. And Boy, I sure appreciate that about Jim Luan. I really, really do. And I so admire his work ethic and his joy of what he does. 
Now, of course, Jim and I do things different. The way Jim does it is not the way Dan would do it. That's a good thing. It's good that we all do it different. Uh, but I certainly admire and appreciate his hard work and his stick to I heard someone once say, in a very condescending way, well, I'm not Jim Luan. And he meant to say, don't you even dare think that I'm one of those highly productive people who gets things done because I'm not like that. He considered that a derogatory term. And so, you know, if Jim Luan is the measure of getting stuff done and being highly productive, I think that's an awesome thing and admirable. And uh, it would it would be just an awesome thing to say, I am, you know, 10% of being able to produce and do stuff like Jim Luan. If you could say that, you'd be saying something. Uh, anyway, I always thought that was weird when that guy said that. I'm not Jim Luan. Like, that was a bad thing to be Jim <laughs> or Or perhaps something so unattainable that it could never be. You know, I'm not Luke Skywalker. <laughs> but that's pretty good. When you've become the standard by which other people see it as unattainable heights, like, hey, I'm not Walt Disney. Uh, that's actually a fantastic compliment, I think. So, Jim, that's how I mean it. I hope you take it that way. So, lots of stuff happening in the art studio. Draw, draw, draw. Not sure where we're going to go next with the game projects because I don't think there's a deal there. Now, some of you might be thinking, hey, wait a minute. Hold on a second. What about the plan to go to Kickstarter and do all that. Well, I still have a plan to go to Kickstarter and all that, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see myself raising millions of dollars uh, on a project on Kickstarter. Now, I'm going to try, but my realistic, you know, adult voice tells me, don't hold your breath, son. You know, it's not going to happen. You know, I don't have a big following. I don't know a lot of people. I'm probably not willing to do everything that it takes to make that happen, even if I could. And so <clears throat> I don't think there's a deal for me there. From studying Kickstarter and studying people who do it and do it professionally and do it all the time, you know, it's a job like anything else. Uh, it does require all kinds of things. You know, for those who follow what I'm doing here, if you look over at Kickstarter, that happy cat, game of war thing whatever it is laser cat it's up to four or five million dollars now i mean it is it is a crappy game it's a crappy idea the art sucks most successful kickstarter in history they got running over there <laughs> it just as i was talking about in the very up, up front of the show is that everyone is so different taste uh you know what you want what makes you happy and so who would ever guess that a simple little thing it looks like a game of war so simple a child could understand it and create it and draw it. <laughs> Who would ever think that'd be the biggest project on Kickstarter? So I don't know. I'm just being realistic. I'm going to go and I'm going to try like I've tried two other Kickstarters in the past. But my presumption is not much is going to happen. And unless I raise a whole boatload of money, I can't really go into any kind of manufacturing because I'm not willing to front all that money and risk it all and do it. Just not willing to do it. 
it's uh it's been quite a journey huh and if you guys have been coming along with me it's been like a two-month thing and you know it's been really great to learn all this i have to say i have no complaint at all like it has been fascinating to learn how this whole business works what it takes to put put it together and so on and so forth and it's 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 been a good thing i wish there was a deal there you know look at the guy who's doing jive cat voodoo lounge he has done super successful kickstarters in the past he has a big audience and right now i've been i've been following his life and his blog he is out every day play testing this game having people play test it beating the drum and just working what you and i would call a full-time job to get his kickstarter happen to happen i think he's at 24,000 now his goal is 33,000 i think he has five days left and you know it's his job and i get that he's doing a fantastic fantastic job i could never approximate what this guy's doing he is he's you know going places and doing things he has people all over the country doing play testing and you know it's such an amazing a plus effort that this guy's doing and i look at him and i go well if this genius is struggling and can't crack it and he is the guy who's you know done kickstarter in the past to great success how the heck am i going to crack this thing so that kind of plays in my mind a lot is you know what what's realistic and what can i expect you know it'd be like launching a kickstarter right now i suppose i'd have a few people who would contribute and so on and so forth but i think it would just nothing would come of it and not that i'm willing to not that i don't mind failure not willing to face it but you know it's a job like anything else and it takes time and i want to put my time and my energy in places that i think actually benefits me and makes me money <laughs> So, you know, I'd make another 25 games if I thought there was a deal in it for me. I really would. I don't think there's a deal in it for me. And that sucks. And it's been a learning process. But I suppose, like many things, you have to go forth and do a feasibility report and kind of discover what it is, you know, what the animal is. Now, here's the thing. Some of my conclusions are from the whole thing is you don't need to be a very good artist. You need to have a big social presence. And if you can take that social presence and bring it to Kickstarter with you, you could do anything. You could do modern dance. You could, you know, do almost any kind of successful Kickstarter campaign over there with whatever it is you were passionate about, as long as you brought the audience with you. Uh, I think it's 100% possible. So it's not the end. I certainly would like to do a modern dance Kickstarter. Uh, nothing to ship, just do a dance and then go people, yeah, we did a dance. I'd love $15,000 to do a dance. Uh, I think that's an ingenious Kickstarter. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but anyway, trying to be realistic. If you guys have any feedback for me on that, let me know. I'm going to test some more video stuff, but I have to say I am pretty disappointed in the video. The fact that the audio and the uh, video drift apart so horribly and completely pretty much makes that moot to me like if the ipad will not record correctly and it has such a giant lag it's not really a good tool for me because it would take more to fix the video than it would to produce it and that's just you know that's just a big waste of time and a pain <laughs> i don't want to do any any of that fixing of video for the rest of my life
uh, it's too much work. Well, guys, I'm thinking about you, wondering what you're doing in your art studios. I hope that you're having a great time. I hope your art's coming out well. I hope things are being productive. Do your thing. Carry on. Have fun with it. Don't let anybody rain on your parade, even yourself. Uh, I think we are the ones who hold ourselves back from doing things. So don't be the one that holds yourself back. If you want to do something or you have something in mind, go ahead and do it. Why not? Your time is really short. We only have a little bit of time to do everything in life. And uh, I say go for it. <laughs> uh, you know, do I wish that, you know, my projects had turned into some kind of Walt Disney, George Lucas deal? Of course. Who doesn't wish that? But it's okay that it didn't happen. You know, uh, maybe there'd have, you know, my kids would have suffered somehow or wouldn't have the relationships I've had or whatever it is. So I'm happy with the way things have worked out. No complaints on the how things have worked out score. Uh, but, you know, like everybody else, wouldn't it be great if? I think we all feel that way. That's a very human thing. Well, they signed the business contracts for my new business. And that's going to be a big deal happening. The NDA is lifted, so we can actually talk about it now. And we are going to talk about it at length in a future show uh, as it comes up. But I just wanted to tease you a little bit about that and tell you that it's coming because... Remember how games was a big part of the last few months? Well, production of this particular thing is going to consume me uh, for a few months at least, and that's going to be a big thing. So you'll get to see how that goes. You know, I was really surprised that it's come to this, really. I, it was a long shot. I didn't think they were going to sign. I didn't think they were going to do it. You know, it's been months and months and months in the putting it together. Nothing happens overnight or quick the way you think it should. If you think it takes two months, it takes four. If you think it takes eight, it takes 16. Everything takes time, and you have to just be willing to, to understand that and not give up. You know, I have to say, like, emotionally, there's a couple times where I'm like, well, I guess I'm never going to hear from these cats. It's not going to happen. And uh, then, you know, I'd get a letter a few weeks later and say, hey, you know, we've got our lawyers looking things over. We'll be back in touch, you know. And I'm like, oh, still happening. Okay. So, but nothing happens quick enough to suit any human being. <laughs> I think we can assume that. Human beings want it now. They want it fast. And they're, and, you know, that's okay. I think wanting that stuff expedience a wanting convenience i think it uh, has driven human invention <laughs> everything is based on convenience and making things easier like no invention is like hey I'm, this is going to make things way harder <laughs> no one wants that invention the way harder invention people want the way easier inventions and that's a good thing i think that's what drives people forward you know it's why the car beats the horse. It's just faster, more efficient. <laughs> now, you couldn't convince the horse people of that way back when. You know, they're like, what? Horses? We're not doing horses. You know, so 
every everything meets with resistance and disbelief. I want to leave you guys with one thing. Most people, if you were to go out right now on the street and go door to door, don't know what Kickstarter and crowdfunding is. They don't know what it is. And if you're below 18, you've never really experienced it because you have never taken out your credit card and crowdfunded anybody. So until you give, you don't even know what it's like to receive. You, you can't understand it. So there's a whole population out then that is completely ignorant of what this thing is. It's a brand new, wide open thing, just the way eBay was and other things. So there's no hard and fast rules and so on. So if you have a little bit of an audience, I know some of you listening do, you can really parlay that into quote unquote a good kickstarter a business blah 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 and you should there's nothing wrong with taking your crowd of people and having them help you and assist you and back you in things they want to back you in. it's like if you were doing a pre-sale for a book that you had written and people want to buy your book and experience it that's normal there's nothing wrong with that whether you sell it directly yourself or you sell it on kickstarter it's still the same thing uh, I really believe that and see it that way. So I want to encourage you guys, some of you, to do it. Like, don't think that you can't make money on eBay. Now, not everybody's going to make money on eBay. A lot of people will try and fail and so on. But there is actually a deal in Kickstarter and crowdfunding, and it's going to last for a little while now. I mean, it's a window uh, before things change. It won't always be this way, my friends. This little cultural phenomenon we have right now is new, and like all things, it changes. You know, like I said, I keep waiting for the day that Amazon goes, hey, no more self-published books, or you have to have a certain kind of book, or you have to, you know, whatever. You have to bring your own UPC code. Whatever barrier they can create to make it hard for you to be on their system, they can make it hard for you to be on their system. And eventually you know i think it'll be nothing but big companies running the internet and doing things and it'll be a lot like it is now like at a mall there'll be the big big mall the stores and that's all we'll see i mean the way it is now the search engines let's say you were a big company wouldn't you just want your big company searched and the little companies ignored and not searched if they ever juke the search engines more than they already juked you know it could be that when you type in comic book, only Marvel comic books ever come up. Your little self-published book never comes up. You know, when you go to Amazon and you have your book on there in a million, million, million sea of books, you know, they have the best discoverability going. You type in the subject and up come stuff. But you're still lost in that sea of stuff. My only point is, is that you should try and not underestimate what could happen you know you're looking at me saying well dan you're counting your chickens before you've even tried not so i've done two kickstarters so far how many of you guys have done i know some of you have done some and some of you have done some that failed so you know the procedure you know the process you know what to expect just because you you know one girl turns you down for a date doesn't mean another one won't say yes you've got to keep trying 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 so I don't think we as creators and people should be second guessing what's possible. And again, if you have an audience, if you have, and this is the thing that so many people don't 
un, or un, underestimating. You know, because we talked about this. As a guy who doesn't have an audience, it's like a guy who doesn't have legs. I can really appreciate people who walk and run. I look at them and go, wow, look at them run and walk. I got no legs. It's a big deal. So there's people out there, doesn't matter what they do, what they create, what they're into, have a big audience. Like, you know, Will Terrell or somebody. And if they just took their sketchbook or their PDF or their little cartoon book or their idea to Kickstarter, just like they'd taken it to Patreon and other places, they'd make a bunch of money with it. Be, you know, just like eBay or anything else that allows you to sell online. It is a marketplace. It is a venue. It is a store. And we are allowed to go into that store with no setup, with no fees, and launch a million-dollar project. You know, you can't go into Macy's right now and sell your product. You can't go into Walmart. You you can't even stand out front of Walmart without having the police drag you away, try to sell stuff. Try, try to sell something in front of Walmart. Do it right now. Fruit, T-shirts, whatever it is you think you're going to sell. Within an hour, the police will come and drag you away. It's not going to happen. But here on Kickstarter, here on the Internet, here on Patreon and every place else, crowdfunding offers a unique, unique thing. But it has to have a crowd. And there is people out there who I look at them who aren't taking advantage of their crowd. You know, I suppose they're, you know, collecting a few bucks on uh, Patreon and they're getting their likes. But, you know, the fact of it is they're missing out on a wonderful opportunity for themselves. And that's okay. Because I could be 100% wrong. Look at the guy who's doing Jive Cat Voodoo Lounge. All kinds of success in Kickstarter, all kinds of experience, fantastic game, A-plus program, tells you where every single dime is going to be spent on the program, complete, you know, revealing. He is the most organized, best Kickstarter I've ever seen, and even he is struggling. And remember, he's had successful Kickstarters in the past, so nothing is guaranteed. You know, you could do all your due diligence, do it all right, do it perfect, and still not have a bestseller on your hands, still not have success, still not have a funded Kickstarter. But I think it would be a crime not to try, you know, especially if you are semi-positioned to make it happen. Now, of course, one man's, you know, poison is another man's cure. So you may look at the situation, not see opportunities, not see anything but danger and scariness, and I get that. <laughs> we all have a completely different idea of what you know we think good is and what bad is and that's okay but i don't know i just wanted to bring that up because i think several people have a tremendous opportunity and like all opportunities nothing lasts forever you know boy if you could have been through the golden age of ebay you wouldn't even look at ebay now you just wouldn't look at it because in the past, it was so different. It's kind of like, you know, the way cities and towns change. And they go back, if only you'd been here 50 years ago and seen this town. Well, no way to do that. But we do know one thing's for sure. Change is inevitable. It always comes. And it's coming. So things have changed. There's a thing called crowdfunding now. Incredibly popular. People can take advantage of it. Most people don't know what it is. It's not in the lexicon of the world yet and you know Joe Average doesn't know what crowdfunding is he just found out there's an internet and a thing called eBay so 
you know, for us that are a little more ahead of the curve, I think we have some opportunities to take advantage of this. <coughs> I was listening to a show the other day, and the guy says he's going to do a shout out uh, to help promote other artists and other people, you know, to help them get a leg up. This guy is incredibly popular, has thousands and thousands of people that view his stuff. Uh, I'd say he is well over, well over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. And I thought what was so interesting about his little thing was, what he did was, is he didn't promote like an unknown guy or a person no one ever heard of. He, he said, I'd like to talk about an artist named Jake Parker. That's like Batman advertising Superman. That's like Batman going, there's a little known superhero I'd like to tell you about. His name's Superman. It's, I thought it was so funny that the one guy with the incredibly giant audience is now you know, trying to help the other guy with an incredibly giant audience and following get more so. It's, <laughs> I was really expecting him to bring up you know, some low level, perhaps some we never heard of who was doing great work. But no, he, he brings up the other most famous person on the Internet. He might as well just say, hey, we all need to go follow Jason Brubaker because no one's ever heard of him. You know, Jason Brubaker, most people know who he is and have watched in amazement and awe at his Kickstarter program. But we've also recognized that, you know, he ran a full-time shipping department for eight months in his house, no drawing. And still has to work his full-time job to support himself. So even though he's one of the most successful Kickstarter guys in history for doing comics and books, still hasn't changed his fate. You know, basically he opened a shipping department in his garage. That is something I want no part of. Again, great success for the man. It's tremendous. But uh, should I even bring up Jason Brubaker? I mean, is he somebody who needs me to push him? Does Jake Parker need people to become aware of him uh or is he one of the more famous artists in the circle of artists and probably folks already know who he is now of course not everyone's going to know who he is but man a lot of people do and i was really flabbergasted that this guy chose you know out of all the the people we've never heard of he decided to tell me about a guy named george lucas who created a small little project called star wars <laughs> It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Very funny stuff. All right, you guys. Have a fantastic day in your art studios. Keep creating. Keep carrying on. I hope things are going great for you. Thanks for stopping in today into today's art studio and chatting with me. And I'm going to do some more experiments with the video and see if we can, you know, handle that lag or if that was just a one-time thing. Whether there will always be a lag in the videos. Uh... It's an internet problem. In other words, is the video recorded correctly, but the internet has somehow distorted it? I don't know, but I will do a little more experimenting today, so expect some other kind of show to come shooting out today, and uh, we'll be back in the art studio again to chat. Have a wonderful weekend and a fantastic day. Bye-bye. Welcome to the art studio. I am your host, Dan Burke. We're in a special art studio today, on the road, in the car, and driving. Taking a page from the Escape Artist podcast, I am now taking the show on the road. So if there's any kind of audio problems or 
you hear a screeching or you know a deer jumps out in front of me all at once well then anything might happen so just hold on for your horses for that don't have a topic in mind don't have a big thing to talk about thought I would just talk it's too early to uh, gauge any kind of feedback on what it is that you guys might be advising me to do on the art studio as far as uh, shaping the content. In other words, would you rather have an audio show? Would you rather have a video show? Would you rather have a two hour long Friday night show? Or would you rather have a bunch of small shows throughout the week? Would you like a daily 30 minute show? Or three times a week for, you know, an hour? I mean, I'm kind of open to suggestion. Now, the odds are nobody will suggest. <laughs> That's how it usually goes in the world of suggesting, is you ask for feedback and advice and, you know, uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to do the audio thing so we can have some kind of audio feed for this. Still not sure how without figuring out how to host it. And of course that gets expensive hosting all those megabytes of audio, which are really huge and video, but the audio is big. Somehow, I will hopefully figure that out. You know, I could always, you know, link up all the audios into one long thing and uh, put that in a Dropbox and make it downloadable somehow. Uh, that might be a way to go. Anyway, those are my thoughts for today. If you guys have any feedback, uh, you know, this is not the incarnation of the show as it's going to be. This is me finding my way with the show, trying to figure out what might work best to entertain you and to be a, you know, repeatable thing that isn't a huge job. So, I'll figure it out. For those that have been following the art studio, and that's probably only you guys right here, you saw me go to the Game Crafter and create my prototype game. Now, once it's all said and done, and you order the game and have it shipped to your house, it is $25. So, my 121 card game inside the small pro box with a one sheet instruction, uh, <laughs> it's uh, 25 bucks to get it out the door. So, that will not work, of course. Nobody can afford that. Even smash up the amazing, amazing game you can pick up on sale sometimes for 15 bucks. Uh, now, of course, they're making millions of copies. I can't compete with those rascals. But it's all relative. You can't sell a loaf of bread for $15. Nobody wants a loaf of bread that expensive. Now, in my town, you can buy a $5 loaf of bread. Man, they're good at the bakery, but it's perhaps a different item. And I only buy it once a month, maybe, when we get our special bread run to the bakery. <laughs> so there's really no deal, then, from the game crafter. If you go to 250 units or whatever it is on the price break, you go down five bucks or something, but friends, that's not going to alter anything. So now you're shipping for $20 out the door. You know, still not a deal. There's no deal in that for anyone to buy a game. So now, literally, literally, our hands are forced to go forward in a different direction. If, in fact, we want to go forward, and if, in fact, we can go forward... You know, for me, going forward might involve selling my car <laughs> and then 
putting my car up as the collateral, like selling the car, taking that money, whatever little it could be, and then using that to do manufacturing, which I have done crazy ass shit like this before. But the thing is, it's a risk versus reward thing, right? After my PayPal fees and everything else, do I really make any money on this? Or would I be better off doing something else? I don't know. We've discussed all this at length. We will discuss it again. But let's talk about Panda Manufacturing. Panda is the in-between guys for guys like me. Uh, they uh, will take, you know, what they have is they have a huge expertise in China. They have manufacturing in China. They got their own card printing. They have a whole, you know, connections. They got people over there. So what they do is they walk your game right through their system so it's manufactured correctly. This uh, is worth like a million dollars to have this expert on your team. It's like hiring a graphic designer to set up your files as opposed to hiring your mom who, does, who set it up in Word who doesn't know a thing. It's really important to have experts help you do what you want to do. It can make a profound difference. So Panda has a minimum order of 1,500 copies. That is not cheap. Uh, but let's say we had a game, 1,500 copies, $3 a piece. We'd now be getting that game for $4,500. Uh, you know, 4500 for, uh, you know, your, your copies of the game as opposed to the Game Crafter, which is $18 something. Now, $3 manufacturing does not cover the shipping. So you have to account for the shipping. And then of course there's loss and damage and mistakes and things happen, but let's perhaps not discuss that at first. So 1,500 copies, $3, 4,500 bucks. Now you've got 1,500 copies of your game sitting in your garage or next to your couch. Now you gotta sell them. That's the thing. Can you really sell 1,500 copies of your game? Worth thinking about. So those are my sort of choices that I'm banging around in my head today. And since I really don't have any money, uh, anything that I do is both scary, dangerous, and, uh, you know, so on. And what is the, what's the potential gain? I guess we have to look at that. Let's just say we could make $10 a game. I think that would be pretty lucky. I think that would be ambitious. Uh, but let's say we could pull, you know, $10 a game. That'd be 15000 So for your, you know, $5,000, $6,000, dollars investment. Oh, there goes my phone. But, of course, I'm driving and I can't answer my phone. Listen to that beautiful ring. I have a brand new phone. Anyway, I'll let it keep ringing and playing, and I apologize for that happening in the background. Anyway, for your $1,500 investment, uh, pardon me, $5,000 investment, plus shipping, which another grand on top maybe, so now you're at five, $6,000, you're going to make maybe nine. Now that's if you can sell them all. 
And that's not a... And let's talk about, like, you might have to put them in envelopes and ship them to people. You have to drive somewhere, you know, to the post office and get in line and ship them to people. So it's not like things ship automatically by elves in the middle of the night, right? Someone's got to do that. Plus, there has to be the, uh, you know, the housing and the storage. And it has to be in an airtight building where they can't get moldy and wet. And I don't know if you've ever handled anything, but I'm sure you have. The ones on the bottom always get broken because the ones on top are are hammering down on them. So, you know, the edges and the corners of some of the games will become damaged. And now you'll have damaged boxes and so on and so forth. So, you know, there's going to be what you and I would call loss inside the manufacturing that just exists. And, of course, there's returns and chargebacks on your credit cards and stuff like that. That, you know, is also a very real, real thing. Uh, (laughs) You know, uh, people order stuff, change their mind, don't like it, didn't like the color, uh, didn't think that's what it was going to be, it's too big, they thought it was going to be a small thing, or perhaps they thought it was going to be a big thing and it got small. You know, people have all sorts of considerations for what they like don't like, pleases them, doesn't please them, and so on. So, there's going to be people returning stuff and charging back. That's inevitable. Anyway, that's what's on my mind today. I went to Panda. I filled out my quote. They have a very easy-to-use system on there, uh, which allows you to interact back and forth with them forever. Sort of like the idea Kablam has or Indie Planet. If you've ever done any printing with Indie Planet or Kablam, they have like an ongoing blog system where you communicate back and forth with them. This has that sort of idea. It's an ongoing communication. You can ask questions and then come back and at some point I figure your question will be up there posted as an answer or something. The way I understand it, it's two weeks uh, more or less to expect a quote out of these fellows and that's fine or at least, you know, uh, discussion begins. So my guess is it's going to take at least... A month or two to set up the job with them. After that, it's four months to have the game actually in my hands for sale. So let's say February, March, April. We pull the trigger in April, May, June, July, August. So that means next September is when the game will really actually come out and be for sale if I can do this, if I want to follow through with this, if I think it's even a deal. You know, sitting around my house with DVDs and books and other stuff I can't sell, I don't know if I really want to add in 1,500 copies of Hollytown in my town, in my house, uh, you know, to sit on for the next year and, uh, you know, and try to sell them. Because we all know the manufacturing and the making things is the easy part. It's the marketing. The marketing's the hard part. How do you reach people? How do you find people who are interested in what you do? How do you find them to want what you have? And so on and so forth. Well, I'm going to take this baby to Kickstarter. I'm going to give it a go. I've got all my ducks in a row. Uh, And we'll give it a run. You know, that's all I can do. And you know where I come in on all this. I try to be as real as possible but also have a healthy sense of optimism and hope for the future. And you never know what can happen. You can't second-guess anything. 99% of success in life, my friends, is showing up. 
It really is. There might be a thousand other people better than you, but they're home in bed taking a nap or afraid to come or forgot the date or whatever, but you showed up. So 99% of success is showing up. Now, a lot of other folks are showing up. It's not quite that easy. Obviously, there's other people to compete against. Things happen, but everything has to begin somewhere, right? A single journey begins with a single step, and you know this is the first couple steps in this different kind of manufacturing I'm doing. You know, I love making art. I love making things that print. I love sculpting. I love the design of stuff. I am not the greatest designer of stuff, that's obvious, but I'm really into it and I'm productive. So who knows, maybe there's a deal for me in here. Uh, I don't know. You know, I've got some other ideas for some really cool games and stuff, but with game boards and other things, I think they're too ambitious. I think it's beyond my ability to really like, in other words, I could never finance a game with a board or something like that because it would just be too much. With a game like this, you know, for $5,000, I can, you know, make some of them, make a few copies. But with a game with a board and other more complicated stuff, it would take a considerable amount of money to actually manufacture something like that. I think that's well beyond my risk level, my comfort level, and what I can bite off. Because I certainly don't want to bite off more than I can chew. I do that all the time, and it's tough swallowing it get acid reflux from trying to swallow so much big stuff. You know, weird, for a guy that had no topic, I certainly am rattling on, aren't I? <laughs> I certainly am. You know, I'm really enjoying uh, this past month and doing this uh, Patreon thing with you guys. I know that you won't have a chance to listen to all the casts. I know you will just pop in and out and listen to what interests you and so on, depending on when you have free time, and that is absolutely fine. This audio cast is like a TV show. It's just here for you to pop in and enjoy and have some fun, get some encouragement, and uh, perhaps to live vicariously through my crazy, crazy adventures as I go up and down in the Ferris wheel of life. <laughs> so perhaps in some way, there's an enjoyment there, I hope, in uh, me you know, honestly telling you what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, what it costs, what it means to me, my frustrations and so on. I hope that's of interest to you guys. Uh, it's not like I myself am interesting, but I think I'm doing some interesting things. I think my challenges with this new project, game making, are, are rather interesting. I, I enjoy following people uh, who do stuff like this. Now, of course, if you're interested in organizing like a roller derby team, well, that's the po other podcast, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't do any roller, you know, roller derbying, but it all depends on what your topic is. Most of us listening are sort of in the same circle of people listening, I think. I think my audience is the same audience that you might enjoy. Uh, perhaps you have a bigger audience, but we have fragments of the same audience, the same people. So all of us probably are sitting around wondering about the same thing sometimes. How the hell does this social media thing work? How the hell do you make anything go viral or become popular without being a pretty 16-year-old girl or a young person? How does all that work? And I suppose, you know, the only thing we can really do realistically is to approach it on a slow build level. 
you know, you can try to go out and blitz the world and, and you know, do uh, a daily cast and everything, and you will build an audience. I don't know if it's realistic to sustain it as a human being. Can a person do that? If they can, that's great. But but I think that just by producing a series of ongoing shows and stuff, you sort of will slowly garner an audience. Now, it always doesn't work that way. Uh, sometimes maybe your topic or stuff is, isn't reaching people or, you know, doesn't work for them. You know, the art studio enjoyed a shitload of popularity about a year or two ago. Just massive, massive popularity. I mean, thousands of folks were listening. I got on there, started up the show again, and just pretty much the audience got whittled and whittled and whittled down. Now, that might be my ridiculous personality. I noticed that whenever I talked about Jesus Christ or my belief in God, how that would whittle the audience down rather quickly. People who don't believe in God would jump ship fast. Uh, it offended them. And so that was a, you know, a choice I made, you know, to reveal the truth about how, what happened to me, what I feel. And so that had an impact on the show, which I don't apologize for and so on. So what I'm getting to is that you can be like me, release podcasts with some decent content. I feel, you know, thought out at least, and still the popularity does not happen. It does not become more and more popular. It in fact might become less. So, you know, it's a crapshoot. As I always say, you don't know what's going to happen. And as I sit here thinking about, you know, dropping $5,000 and 1,500 copies of Hollytown to sit in my living room, and it's going to be more than that, by the way, guys. Remember, with shipping and loss and everything else, it ends up being, you know, 7000 or more because there's always those hidden costs you never expect inside the endeavor. They're just always there. Uh, you know, is that what I really want to do? Is that the smart move for me? Would that really work? You know, wouldn't I be better off printing something else or making something else? Uh, you know, I could make one of my books that sells pretty well for 25 cents a unit and then ship that for the next five years out of the house. I've done that. You know, I'm still shipping DVDs right now, making money on them. So I don't know. I, I guess I have to sit here and think as unemotionally as I can because this is all emotional. I'm I'm an emotional person caught up in the, you know, the dazzle of making cool art and cool things. I am all about that. I love having printed books and things in my hands. I mean, I live for it. Even since I was a kid, I began stapling books together and coloring together with coloring, you know, crayons and stuff. I've been into making stuff. So this is just more of that seduction for me, the thing that really pleases me and makes me happy. I want to make stuff. So... I don't want to, you know, make stuff just to please my ego and be foolish and stupid about it. I think I have to be smart, especially at this stage in the game. You know, what's really going to work? What's really going to make me happy? Uh, you know, I'm I'm getting my stuff together to sell on eBay so I can make myself some extra money and I have some cool stuff to sell. And, you know, I'm sitting there, can't afford to pay the bills. And here I am plotting to manufacture a game in China through Panda. It shows that I am either a complete optimist, a complete idiot, a dreamer, or a combination of all those things at once. <laughs> ah, well, anyway, we're going to take a pause here in the art studio. You guys have a wonderful day in your art studio. Keep creating. Keep doing your thing. Go at it full speed. And I'll be back to chat with you before you know it. Okay? Bye-bye.
What are you doing here in the Art Studio Show? You should be out doing stuff. Hey everybody, welcome to the Art Studio Show. I hope you're all having a great day. I hope you're having fun. And I am. I'm sitting here just awake a little while and getting on my client work. Because that's what we have to do. We have to draw, 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 draw. Okay. How are you guys doing in your art studio? You doing okay? You having a good day? I'm doing okay. It's just been a little while since we last spoke. I don't know if you guys got a chuckle out of my video where I tried to represent the Mr. Rogers opening to his house, to his show, pardon me as we'd come into his house. I was just trying to be silly there. I always liked the little fake houses that would zoom in on over the Mr. Rogers neighborhood. And that was probably the most fun of making that video. Uh, I set up some little fake houses and did a zoom. I think what, what interests some of you is I did the whole thing using Google Hangouts and YouTube. I just filmed it through Google Hangouts using my little crappy web camera. And uh, so on and so forth. Anyway. Not supposed to be any great shakes, just trying to uh, put something weird and different out there to open the show with. So, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't want to use the word entertainment because I think that uh, that is an insult to the word entertainment. <laughs> but I wanted to create it, something entertaining for you guys to listen to when you dropped into the show. This morning, this morning, yeah, try, try to speak clearly. I am drawing an automobile. I've got a client job here. And it must be done. I'm sure for most of you guys this is absolutely hideously boring and I apologize that. But I don't really have a... Uh, a big honking topic or anything today. But I wanted to get down and record and say hello and see how everybody's doing in their art studio. We were chatting last time about different ideas and goals and things I have for the art studio and I wanted to go back and chat about that it's you know, imagine if you had a friend who is into archery every time you got together he's like the bows and the arrows right I mean it could be it could happen it could be possible so I think for all of us uh, we have these <coughs> interests. We have these different things that we like to do and so on. And everybody's different. <coughs> and I'm on my trip. You know, I'm doing my thing. And I'm living my adventure and I'm sharing that with you guys. But I want to go back and say again, I don't have the expectation that you were going to uh, 
you know, start being like me, you need to be like me or whatever. In other words, you know, you're going to do your thing and I'm going to do my thing and that's absolutely fine. And I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm going to leave all judging to each one of us to ourselves. You know, we each have to judge for ourselves. It makes us happy how we spend eight hours a day and so on and so forth. And, you know, if you never create a thing, you could still be incredibly happy and have a great life. And that's really important to know. You know, I'm not, I'm never going to look at you and go, oh, you didn't make a hundred books this month. That's not good. That is the exact opposite of of what I am at, about and after. Each of us has the privilege, uh, because God, you know, gave us that shot to live life our own way and do things our way, especially if we're lucky. And I see no reason why uh, each of us shouldn't have that privilege, you know. So if you want to kick back in the beach, or if you want to, you know, draw art or whatever it is you want to do. I would like to think that you're allowed to do it. You're smart enough to understand what you want and makes you happy. So you pursue it and it has nothing to do with me. So, you know, if I get big thrills out of, you know, doing whatever it is I do, I don't want to name it, you know, to say whatever it is I do, then that's what I do. That's what makes me happy. That's not what makes you happy. So I want you to know that, that I don't expect you guys to be, you know, doing Kickstarter projects or, or, you know, staying up all night, drawing every night and painting and creating. I, I, I don't think that is, uh, you know, if it made you happy, I'd want you to do it. <laughs> but if it didn't make you happy, I don't think you should do it. Does that make sense? And I'm not going to judge you whether you do one thing or another. That's one of the, things used to sort of get to me is all my friends because I was in the gym business at some point would come to me with the guilty story of why they don't work out and why they're overweight or why they're not fit or whatever the heck it is and I used to say to them listen I know it I come across judgmental but you know I just want you to be happy I don't care if you work out I don't care if you're fit be fit for you you know if you want to be fit then go be fit but you know, I'm not sitting here going, oh, so-and-so is not fit, you know. They're not living the good life. That's not at all the way I see it. Now, I wish things for certain people. I wish health and fitness for everybody, you know, but I have the realization, obviously, that it can't be that way for everybody. Uh, but, you know, just because I'm into archery or I'm into fitness or I'm into something, doesn't mean you need to be or need to worry about it or think about it. Because I think at some point, you know, it sort of becomes a turnoff, at least it does for me, where it's like, you know, I don't want to use the word comparison, but you're sort of, you know, it's like Pat Robertson and his high horse kind of idea. I don't want to have any kind of high horse. You know, so... I'm making some doodles and sketches and cartoons. That's not big earth-shattering stuff. Uh, I'm not Albert Schweitzer. I'm not comparing that to anybody's great life work. <laughs> anyway, I hope that all makes sense because I think sometimes 
I come across a little much with my enthusiasm and my ambitions and my plans and you know I just have so much I always want to accomplish and achieve and you know I got plans years into the future you know and I think that sort of makes me like a creative weirdo <laughs> most people aren't planning the way I am and listen the planning is just a way to try to have some semblance of control in this world most of the plans don't come to fruition most of the things I worry about don't happen and so on and so forth so probably a lot like you in that respect I worry about money and my health and my children and my family and uh, in between that I worry about going to the supermarket get some food <laughs> Well, this car is coming out pretty good. I know I once was talking how I was going to not draw and talk because I've noticed a massive difference in the art. But, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Here I am doing it again. I guess I'm going to teach myself to draw and talk just a little bit better. I thought I could, actually. I remember drawing and talking quite a bit. I was young, but evidently it was an illusion, because I have noticed a profound difference sometimes when I'm chattering on. Well, the weather here in Bend, Oregon has finally cooperated. The roads are clear, and we can get around again, which is really nice. It was almost like three weeks of the, there where the roads were solid ice and it was like nearly impossible to go anywhere or do anything. It was a real hassle. And now we are all able to get out in the world again. There we go. Things are coming along good. Well, I don't want to sit here in silence and listen and force you guys to listen to my silence. It's obviously um, a little bit of a quiet mood today. That's okay. Uh, but I'm in a good mood. I'm happy. All is well. I feel quite uh, pleased with the world. I always like to get up first thing and draw something. Of course, I always like to draw something right before I go to bed. And I like to draw something in the afternoons. <laughs> it turns out there isn't much of an occasion that I don't like to draw something. I have got so much work to get done. It's going to be a busy day today. I'm going to try to knock out at least two client jobs today. Because I want them gone from my life. So I can go back and do what I really want to do. 
I think I'm going to go back as I told you I would. I'm going to redesign the cover to my game. It just doesn't say 1950s to me. It says something else about pretty girls. And that's not what I want to say. So, back to the drawing board. I have a pretty good idea what I need to do. I think I just get seduced with ideas sometimes. S sort of like a color. You'll start creating a piece and all of a sudden it'll take on a life of its own. It'll be colored this way and look this way and so on. And then all of a sudden it's not the piece you had originally intended to do. I've been experimenting lately with a limited color palette. And I find it's actually working. By really limiting the colors I choose, it's actually giving more impact to the work. I think there comes a point where you have so much color that the eye shuts down and <laughs> says, what am I looking at? Man, we cleaned up so well at the Goodwill yesterday. We got some really cool games. Probably later today uh, or tomorrow, I'll try to record or I will not I'll try, I will record a video and show you guys some of the really cool things I picked up. And as always, you know, I get a lot of ideas seeing how other designers, other people uh, design their games. Each one of these is particularly different and weird. I think I've come to the conclusion that it's sort of like buying art books, you know, where you look at them and they're beautiful and you go, ooh, I love that drawing, I love that drawing. I think I'm more in love with the design and the look of games than the playing of games. Now, I enjoy playing games. It's just that I just so have trouble stopping my thing, art and everything, because I'm always in the middle of something. There's never a moment I'm not in the middle of something. and I don't know. I was looking at this game the other night I have, and I was thinking, man, this is a beautiful game. I don't particularly want to play it. <laughs> My mind said, like, how are we ever going to find the time to play this thing? But I'm really enraptured by how cool the art is and design and the intellectual creativity that went behind it to create it. I'm very enamored by that. You know, that's, uh, I, I love all sorts of things. I love clever art stuff. <laughs> Each year they have a little thing here in our town where artists come. And they set up tents and you go through and you look at all their art. And I just love all the different kinds of art that people have. I can't say I ever want to whip out my wallet and buy any of it because some of it's kind of odd. And if I do like it, it's probably way more can, than I can afford. But I have to say I'm so impressed by how different everybody's doing it. And I suppose... That is actually an awesome thing, that each one of us gets to do it different. I don't know what you're going to do creatively or what goals you have in mind. If you have any, it's okay if you don't have any. You can just, you know, have fun with art. There's nothing wrong with having fun. Nothing ha not everything has to be a world-beating ambition or lead to a paycheck or, you know, whatever it, it could possibly, you know, fill in the blank there on that. 
some things are just fun to do and you do them because they're fun. It's one of the great things about being a kid in childhood. You have those years where you just get to do whatever you want. You can chill out, hang out, do your thing. And uh, you don't realize how precious that is till you get old. And then you go like two decades where you don't get to do anything you want to do. You know, it's funny. I have big blanks in my life uh, of TV shows. Like I will watch a t- you know, I watch TV shows up until I was about 16, maybe. And then after that, no more TV. And then, of course, went home. I mean, left home, went to work, and everything else that happened to me. And I would intermittently watch TV. But, you know, it'd be like one show I'd get to choose. Like, I remember I watched Friends, you know, and it was on reruns by the time I got to it. (laughs) I didn't even see the first run of it. I was too busy waiting tables and and working at night and stuff. And literally, there's decades and decades of TV I never saw. And uh, I I often think, like, where was I? What was I doing then? I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. We had babies and I was working three jobs and. I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off night and day trying to survive. That's right. I remember that. (laughs) Oh, it's funny. And now, when I sort of do have the time to watch TV, I don't take it. I'm, I'm more interested in doing my projects. I feel like there's such a short window on being creative and that at any moment I could become too sick, too old, too blind, or just whatever, and it's over. And I want to take advantage of what I have now before it's gone. (laughs) And for those who listen to the art studio, you've heard me discuss this many times in the past. I really feel like a basketball player who's in the last quarter of a game, and I have to play really hard now. There is nothing to hold back for. There's nothing to wait for. there's, There's nothing to think about. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, what my opinion is, just play hard now. Anyway, that's how I see it. I think that uh, that's that's my goal. For, the, for as long as I can, for when I can, I'm going to churn out a lot of cool stuff. And then one day, it will be over. <laughs> and that's okay. I completely accept that overness. But knowing it's coming makes me fight against it. I don't want to give up. I don't want to, I want it to end that quick for me. So, while I can still play, I'm going to play as hard as I humanly can. And for me, that's what makes me happy. You know, I want to, I want to create and do my thing. You know, I've had a real shift these past few weeks and months about what I'm going to create, what I'm going to do. You know, I really sat down and thought about what I wanted to do for this year. You know, is it going to be more books? Was it going to be another year like it was last year? You know, I produced a whole bunch of books last year. And, you know, they're selling a little bit, but it's, you know, not at all what I was really hoping for. So, you know, what am I really hoping for? What do you really want? So, I'm going to, you know, with the game thing and some other things, I'm going to explore some ideas and creative avenues. And with the new company I have started, that's going to keep me really busy. If I do that company right, which 
believe me, I'm going to try to do it right. <laughs> all thing goes, all goes smoothly, and and really create a lot of products and sell the hell out of it. So, I have a lot of work coming up on that. That's that's uh, it's like being on the precipice of a big cliff. I have to jump, and once you jump, you're falling. So, I don't know if I've where I've kept you guys up on the whole thing, but. After many weeks, we finally got the contracts together, and uh, you know, if nothing else, if nothing goes wrong, then this time next month, I should be uh, just just doing a whole bunch of really really exciting stuff, and uh, I can tell you, I can show you guys what that is. I don't know if it's going to interest you, but like I've said, my biggest problem in life is finding an audience to sell my art to. And what this does is this brings me an audience and something I've desperately, desperately needed. Uh, you know, because I want to sell work. It's like being a house builder. You need people to buy the houses that you build. I need people to draw the art that I create, potentially. And would like to create some art for them, potentially. <laughs> so... You know, it's very straightforward. You guys all know what I'm talking about. Okay, well, I've probably babbled on long enough. Wanted to drop into the art studio today, say hello, encourage you guys to keep drawing, keep creating, keep doing your thing, whatever that is. Enjoy your day, enjoy your family, go out and have fun. Uh, you know, whatever that means to you. Don't apologize for it, just go do it. And, uh, you know, we used to discuss on the art studio show what a good idea it is to do a random act of kindness for people. And I still believe that. I still believe that's a very powerful, powerful thing. And it can just be as easy as telling somebody to have a nice day. It doesn't have to be super complicated or anything else. So Maybe go out there today or tomorrow and, and do the random act of kindness on somebody just for the hell of it. Just randomly be nice to them and uh, see if we can get that going. Maybe they'll do it to somebody and they'll do it to somebody. And the next thing you know, everybody's doing random act of, acts of kindness everywhere. It could change everything. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of my corny ideas. You guys have a fantastic day in your art studio, and I'll see you soon. Before you know it, have a great day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.